Let's go. Six Pack Double Feature with your hosts. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. Hey, there you guys are. Join Nathan and Travis as they pair and compare your favorite and not so favorite movies. If it was on the shelf at your local video store, it's fair game. Grab a cold one and let's do this. It's the mature thing to do. It's Six Pack Double Feature. That was a tonal shift. As if. How you doing? I'm great. I think I like this score better than the Halloween score. Well, <clears throat> it is a Halloween score. I mean, the original, compared to the, the what he wrote for Halloween 3. I like the score for Halloween 3. Well, this feels like... It's deeper and richer and... And it... Not as repetitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to discredit the effectiveness of his score for Halloween. No, not at all, but it's so <clears throat> overplayed and just yeah. beat just too on the nose. So we went with the Halloween 3 opening credits score, which I think has a, like you said, it's got a little more going on. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, kind of my favorite Halloween movie. Without Michael Myers, I guess. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a... It's your favorite Halloween movies that, does, that doesn't feature Michael Myers. <laughs> I mean, he's in it. Uh, but it's also got a little bit of, it feels like a little bit of Escape from New York. It does. In there, yeah. which is just John Carpenter being sort of a limited, in his own words, yeah. limited uh, musician. But yeah, we took the uh, the opening music that we normally use out of there and thought it would be fun to use uh, Halloween 3. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking over there? Water. Oh. <laughs> I'm drinking Kroger brand sparkling water. <laughs> this is my first beer of the day. What do you drink? Oh, Narragansett. Oh. It's an American classic, just like what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Halloween. Oh, I know. I was trying to think, do I need to, do I need to, is there anything smart assy to say? I don't know. Uh, no, no, there's not. No. Not really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, gang, that's what, uh, that's what we're doing today. We are doing, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, but. Uh, is being, there? Being our, oh yeah. Oh, there's a lot I, to unpack. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. It's a sampler. Uh, I like sampler packs. For the uh, our annual uh, last as well, uh, Halloween uh, super special, we thought we would do Halloween. And, and Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> but the good Halloween. Yeah. Not the Rob Zombie rape-tastical fuck-fest turd from, what was it, 2008? <laughs> I think it was 07. He almost, he was really close to releasing it on like the 30th anniversary, but then I guess decided not to. Somebody stepped in? Like, like no, no, no. I don't know. You, it was you, 07. You will not sully any further the name of Halloween. Yeah. I've seen his, I don't know if I saw his Halloween too. I saw his I first one. I saw the first one, and, and I, I just I did not like it. It was. Mm, I we've talked about Rob Zombie. Yeah. A lot. Well, the problem with his was that's when I started hating his stuff. It really is. Michael Myers didn't need a backstory. He did. no more than what you get. No, what you get originally. The less you know, in my opinion, the better. It's like the shark in yeah. Jaws. I've said it before. Right. Like, who cares why it's killing people? It's just that it's, it is. It, it is it makes it scarier. Rob Zombie's not known for his subtlety. He's not? No. No, he sure isn't. Mm. But yeah, so we're doing Halloween, the original 
fucking not one, not two, not bloody three. Just Halloween ha- from nineteen seventy eight. Seventy eight. And then we'll be doing David Gordon Green's Halloween from two thousand eighteen. Yeah, which was sort of trumpeted as not a remake, but also um, it was a sequel. They call it. They called it. Oh, we'll, we'll discuss this later. But they kind of called it a retcon. They kind of retcon it sure. and just say, imagine if nothing else existed other than this first movie. And I've got stuff and to they, talk about And then there, they captured him and then – Now, I've also got – 40 a, years later. I've got a fun meme that any of you Halloween fans have probably seen. It's the different timelines in which you can watch the movies. And I'll describe it later okay. as we get into it. But to start with – I got a trailer. Is it a TV trailer? It is. Oh, sweet. Halloween. I think he'll come back. Halloween, the night he came home. Rated R. What I do like about that original score is when it's when it's playing that doom 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 doom. That's like my goal is fucking shit up. <laughs> like you're you're running. You're and you really don't and get that until running. like it's you don't even get that part of the score until towards the end of the movie. Like when he's in full like, like berserker mode, full Michael Myers mode. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> full, he went full blown. Michael Myers. You have Myers. unlocked an achievement. You can now use full Michael Myers mode. Oh sweet! It comes with more music. Excellent. The pace increases just like 15%. Dude, check it out. Michael's pace increases by 15%, but none of the babysitters do. They still move at the same speed. He's going to get a little bit faster. But he's still walking. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 Michael. So what's hard to for me to think of about Halloween is, again, kind of like with Superman, this has always existed for me. Uh-huh. came out in 78. I was born in 80, and I wasn't watching horror movies till I was, you know... At least five. A, a teen, yeah. Um, oh, that was Brock, sorry. But that's probably accurate. Yeah. Um, so all the slashers and the golden age of horror were well underway. It held done by yeah. the time I really started watching horror movies. So it's hard to imagine, just like with Psycho, what the world was like when this came out. And this was really the only game in town. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, fuck, he's just doing another slasher. Or, oh, fuck, he's doing another Halloween, which, Jesus Christ, we can count how many of those there are later. You can count them. I'm sure there's a lot. This, I wonder how this was billed and received, and maybe you'll get into that with with trivia. Maybe. But, like, I even try to look at it sometimes through the eyes of, like, just looking at it as a John Carpenter film, and I can't. I can't. I can't divorce it from... Everything that came after. Well, no, just kind of I can't like, divorce it from being part of just horror. Okay, at, at large because it's a '70s movie. Yeah, but it plays like oh well because it was ripped off. It plays like an '80s slasher, a little slower, right, and a little more subdued. And because tasteful. it was kind of the, in essence, it was the OG. It it pretty much it was like, it was it was one part of the fifty percent of the DNA. Right. I think of. Of slashers, which would be Chainsaw Massacre and, and Psycho, probably just sure. Yeah, it, so I guess it laid the parts. groundwork, yeah. but but it, this one said, "All right, let's let's take off with this." 
scenario this I mean, works it's a great idea and in, in, in the when you boil it down the idea of it is just a straight john carpenter it's like right. an unexplained like you don't it's not that it's unexplained it's just minimal explanation minimal explanation and it's like just let me just tell you a fun Unf- unfold the story like you could tell this story around a campfire correct and it doesn't have a lot of complications, and it's that's why his movies are fucking brilliant. And it's why they still hold up. Not to spoil that for right. later, but that's why they yeah. still hold up today. The simplicity factor. Something else that is an added thing for me is, um, I'll watch this and I'll see the fucking palm trees in the background and go, "Ha, it's supposed to be Illinois." I, but I still yeah. they captured what it's like being in the Midwest around Halloween with just some of those shots. Like it was overcast. Looked a little chilly, but not cold. Right. Like, it feels like home to me. Okay. It's, I don't know. That could just be me. I don't know if other people are that way. But, like, Haddonfield, for all intents and purposes, is where I grew up. And I'll, I'll be Same honest with you. I never, I never end up catching the palm trees. Like, I look for them. I don't, and I always forget to. If I remember, I, I will, but I typically don't, and so I rarely ever. It's only a couple of times. Correct. Because they shot this in like Pasadena or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just. I don't know if you did it in trivia, but um, they went to like a hobby store or something. I don't know where they got the fake leaves, but the leaves that are on the ground. Whatever leaves they had, they had to spray paint them and spray painted them. Yeah. And they didn't have a bunch. So, they'd no, have to they had to gather them up, up and yeah. put them in a bag and I, I reuse it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> but um, that, again, that's another reason it works. It's. They didn't have the ton of budget to do, yeah, and they shot in the spring. Yeah, it's I I love you. You just yeah. There's a lot of constri- gre- there's a lot of green for October and, and the Midwest. That, constraints, that's the downside. budget constraints, and a little goddamn it. We just have to do this. We'll make a good film. Yeah, a lot. That's part of you know what I'll state Sweet. later but that's why it works but i i was just kind of starting to spread my wings in the mid 90s expanding my horizons and into other movie like genres and, and things uh-huh. like that and while i've never been a huge horror fan you know i was always drawn to innovative movies you know movies that stood out um and you know whether they broke the mold or created a new mold and and this movie kind of did both you know yeah it either it either broke it, and then they created a new one, which pretty much set the slasher standard that they co- everybody else copied for at least a decade, decade and a half. You know, uh, I'd say yeah, it's at least I mean, ten solid, years. A solid ten years, and then the uh, it's almost like overnight in nineteen ninety, they were like, I mean, that shit's played out now, right? And then there were some folks that were still trying to play the old slasher card right and you had it was a, a, a like i said almost overnight the down fade started in 1990 yeah i mean halloween went for another not every year but they they had i think up until 98 the last halloween came out in 95 paul rudd was in it oh that's right i've never seen it wasn't he like related to who knows who, well, I'll talk about my Halloween sequels okay. later. But. No, th- I think this is what kind of revitalized that. Let me, I have something else I want to play. Breast. I want to see Jamie Lee's breast. When do yes. we see Jamie yes. Lee's breast? Breast? 
Not until Trading Places in 83. Jamie Lee was always the virgin in horror movies. She never showed her tits till she went legit. Could afford a decent pair. <laughs> What'd you say? That's why she always outsmarted the killer in the big chase scene at the end. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Uh, have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no, no, big no. I'm a dead man. Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you. I had just gotten into horror when Scream came out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't the biggest fan of Scream. I liked the first one. And that's typically where it stops for me. But I think this movie really kind of re-pushed all of that shit right back into the forefront because it became very meta. Well, it, it, it mutated it. Yeah. As Wes Craven was... Right. That was his thing. He, he was like, oh, I made He's it. a tastemaker. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. He's not going to make the same shit. Yeah. Even now, see, I didn't like Scream so much uh, for its meta-ness uh, and a little too self-aware. Right. But I really liked New Nightmare. Which was meta and self-aware. Correct. But it was, but it was a few years before it this was, happened. It was 95, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of what they had to do in the 90s was they had to... How can we 90s-ify horror? Right. Because, you know, around 1990, they started telling us, you can't have sex ever. Right. You will catch the worst disease in the history of humanity and you will die. So... It was it was hard for them to show like teens fucking, correct, to us because horror. Say what you want, it's aimed at kids. It is good horror should it, be aimed, aimed at, kids. at kids and teenagers and all that shit. Yeah, right. Uh, so the '90s had to get kind of creative with it, and it just doesn't play a lot of the time. Mm-mm. But there, Scream is good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just, understand. It's it's preference, and I feel like they just they wore it out. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, Quick, that's, what, mean, you, that's what that's what happens that's, with that's what you do with horror. Correct. You get a good one, and then you you make bleed a, it to death. You make a sequel that's not good, and then you continue making sequels, because and then you'll they have keep some, making money. And then, yep, but you'll have some good ones in there here and there, and you'll have ones that no one else likes that are your favorite, and vice yeah. versa. That's what's so fun about horror as a genre, is because I'm not being pedantic. I love Halloween three, and I've said it before, but uh, most people I know don't <laughs> right and, there, I'm and i understand why they don't but sure. at the same time it's just i'm a member of a facebook uh, community called halloween three lovers <laughs> it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of people that love halloween three it's kind of like a support group when it's just like every day like i just don't understand why, why they, they had to have michael myers in the movie mm-hmm. but it's also like people will post like their collectibles and shit from it it's right it's, it's really cool um yeah like you i was in Somewhere around in high school. I was high school or just out of high school when I saw it for the first time. I'm pretty sure I'd already seen it by the time I saw Scream, but it kind of just re-energized it for me to go, I'm going to go back and rewatch these again. 
But <clears throat> so one of the notes that I had down here while I was watching this earlier this week was I think about this almost every time I watch Halloween, but uh, that has to be the fastest lay I have ever seen at the very beginning when his sister? Uh, Judith and his, her, and her boyfriend, I clocked it. It's like a minute and eight seconds from when the light goes off. Hey man, and he goes in stairs. <laughs> he goes uh, he goes into the house, and by the time you see him coming downstairs, and he's pulling down his shirt, it's like, did you even take your clothes off, or did you jizz in your pants? I jizzed in my pants, man. <laughs> One minute, Mike's what they call me, because it's just like, uh, what? Oh, okay. That is the fastest fuck. I you got <laughs> you you didn't you didn't. One minute, Mike. Yeah, fast as fuck in the Midwest. Hey, hey. <laughs> Quick shooter. Um, what is the creepiest or most disturbing or haunting image of this movie for you? Um, and if it's more than one, I'm curious. But there's one specifically that typically kind of makes me go, Ugh, every time. I mean, when he kills the dog. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um... The one for me is when the mental patient's just wandering around mm. and the headlights just kind of catch him. And you're like, what in the fuck is oh, going yeah. on? And that's that to me, for some reason, I just find. Chilling. And, yeah. The dog is usually what gets me. Yeah, I, I get that. It's equal opportunity murderer. <laughs> You know, yeah, I have a beagle. Uh, I understand. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying I want to kill my dog, but sometimes I want to kill my but dog. But I understand. <laughs> uh, here's a two-sentence summary. <laughs> this would have been a very different movie indeed if Michael had chosen a Mork from Orc mask instead of Captain Kirk. <laughs> Don't you think? I do. <laughs> I actually made one of those. I had a Mork action figure from oh, the yes. early 80s, I guess. And I dyed him and painted him all up to look like Michael Myers. And instead of a uh, butcher knife, I, I glued a big banana in his hand. <laughs> I call him Morkel Myers. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> um... Boy, the the Strodes really didn't help to do anything to improve the curb appeal of the Myers house, did they? Trying to sell it, <laughs> they picked up those dead rats. I, I guess, <laughs> like nothing. Like the gutters are falling off, <laughs> and yet Lori's dad says go put the key was it she was putting the keys or getting the keys from the house i can't remember i think she was taking the keys and putting it there because someone wanted to see it i'm like really yeah you don't do showings in haddonfield yeah we're awful um, trusting i just i i looked at that and went mm, zero curb appeal i can't imagine why it hasn't sold <laughs> uh, also some family was brutally slaughtered in here yeah, 10 years ago right why hasn't it been torn down well there's a reason why but <laughs> regardless of that um is that what doesn't work for you? Not necessarily. Uh, I do have a couple of thoughts on the dug-up gra grave of Judith Myers, though. Okay. Um, one, the size of the hole apparently makes it look like he dug up a child-sized grave. Like, it doesn't even look... Maybe they folded her up. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> it does, just doesn't look like an adult size, uh, which 
Judith clearly was adult size. I mean, you saw her boobs. She yeah. was well-developed. She <laughs> was big for her age. Right. Uh, two, if I ignore the first part completely about the size of the grave, why wasn't the casket still in the ground? <laughs> It's one of those John Carpenter things. I, I don't have time to do that. We can dig a hole. Well, I don't have time to dig a, an adult size hole. Well, a child size hole will work. What always got me was no one saw him carrying that headstone. Ah, right? And then how did he mount it to the wall above PJ Souls? Um, maybe it was sitting on a part of the bed? I don't know. And the other one was how common was it in your town for kids to dig up a gravesite on Halloween? <laughs> Damn kids and Halloween don't do anything. Not like, really? Very. Not very. No. Mm-mm. Uh, w- one other thing that I had I, I had I come across when I was doing a little bit of research that I found interesting was I recently came across an article on Parade.com talking about why Halloween is one of the best horror movies. And it has uh, and it talks about how we're now surrounded by two hundred and fifty million dollar bloated blockbusters that there's something infinitely appealing and resonant today about the way John Carpenter was able to get maximum impact out of minimal ingredients and big excitement from small scale and stripped down stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is such a brilliant summation of why Halloween works. Or and why his, it's been, yeah. his good movies like are that way. Yeah. yeah. His best movies. Are his that best way. movies are that way, like minimal budget and it's thinking outside of the box of, well, we don't have the money for this, so how can we incorporate this in the story, you know? And I think that's what always works when his smaller budgets typically mm-hmm. hit, like, hit it on the I nose. Didn't, I didn't really care for Assault on Precinct 13, and you can right. go back and listen to that. But right. it's still a good movie. Right. It's still, like, the things that make his movies work are still evident and on display there. Correct. Um just not my favorite of his. Yeah. But in in the regard of how he did it, I still love it. It was bigger overseas, and that was one of the – I didn't write it down, but one of the things that I did come across is that Donald Pleasance, the reason why he met with Carpenter is because Pleasant's daughter was a big fan of Assault on Precinct 13, which hmm. was much bigger in the U.K. than it was here in the States. And is that true, Jeff? You know. Let us know. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down here. It's like, how old were you when you first saw Halloween? 16, 17, maybe. Okay. Did it scare you, or were you just fascinated with it, like when you saw it for the first time? Um, I, I wouldn't say it scared me. Correct. But, uh, definitely, like... You're, yeah, you've reached the point when you're 16, 17, that typically most of these movies aren't necessarily going to scare you. They may have a jump scare here or there. Oh, that caught me off guard. Right, but, or I mean, make, you, really a little, make you, you a little uneasy if you have to go to the bathroom down the dark right. hallway. Right. But that's just human nature. Um, I, I had down here, I said, I watched a lot of Carpenter's uh, films grouped together when I was in my early 20s. However, um, I first knew about Halloween when I was much younger, when I was spending the night over at a friend's house. And someone had on TV what I thought was Halloween, and it scared me half to death. Michael Myers slowly walking around so quiet and menacing, and that mask. And when I finally popped the movie into my VCR for the first time to actually watch Halloween, I'm like, oh, God, I've got – there's a gut reaction. I have a problem. And I was very surprised that nothing in the original had taken place in a hospital. And I then realized many years later that what I had actually seen was Halloween 2, parts of Halloween 2. Which isn't bad. It's okay. 
it's it's hateful. <laughs> There's a lot more. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was eighty. Purpose. That was eighty-one, and by that point, slashers were yeah in full. This force. is John Carpenter ripping himself off. Well, yeah, and he didn't even direct it. I think he wrote it and did the music. He did not direct Halloween two, and it was in direct relation to how violent and bloody um, Friday the Thirteenth was. Yep. Oh was, shit! They took my idea and did this with it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's. Well, I'll stand back. Right. Uh, what doesn't work? Uh, for me, by today's standards, it's a slow-paced 70s movie. For a movie that's 91 minutes long. Yeah. But, it is slow-paced, but... But that's 70s pacing. Yeah. So, and it's also... It's hard to... It's impossible to look at this movie objectively. Correct. You can't... And I'll talk about it a little bit later. You can't ignore what came after and what this helped create. And it's a pretty low kill count, and it's not a fucking very entertaining kill count. Right. But that wasn't the point of this movie either. Correct. That, again, came later. So you have to let that go. There's not a lot that doesn't work right. like, as, a, as a glaring thing. This, this movie is sort of has its feet in two different eras. Correct. It's got its feet in that sort of codish 70s. You can't show that. He got away with two tits through a mask. Like, be happy with it. Yeah. And then you almost kind of see what PJ souls, but you don't completely yeah. see like it's a like little it kinda... like it's a little sexy, but it's not over the top. So it, it's right. got its it's got its feet in being very kind of uh, not stodgy, but you Con- know. a bit conservative in that. Rem- there you go. In yeah. that remark. But then yeah. it's also looking forward into what it helped yeah. create into the into the 80s. Right. So. They're nitpick. They're tiny they're, they're, nitpick. They're yeah, t- yeah I, I think this movie is just I, just shy of perfect. Man. Yeah, I, I I was the same way. I said absolutely nothing. I said this per- this is a perfect grade A slasher. It's expertly paced and beautifully shot, running at a brisk ninety one minutes. But it still sometimes feels like it's a little slow because it's got that slow seventies pacing. Yep. It's half the reason why Lisa typically doesn't care for it and won't watch it because she's like it's just slow and boring. I just eh, whatever. Um, but I think it's easy to see why the slasher subgenre skyrocketed into such popularity over the next two decades after Halloween's release. Well, it isn't the first slasher, and that's one I put down here. Said it would credit that would that credit would initially go to Psycho, along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then probably Black Christmas. Black Christmas is an often overlooked, um, and I think those laid the groundwork for Carpenter to be able to make this. Have you seen Black Christmas? Yeah. Fuck me, that movie is creepy as shit. Yeah. God damn, dude. I think I watched it on Peacock last year or the year before, and it was... I, yeah. I watched it... Um, like the, the same dude that made this made Christmas A Christmas Story, and it's just yeah. like, what? Um, <laughs> I watched it, I don't know, three, four years ago, and then I went to bed. <laughs> and my closet door in my bedroom stays open, right? but it's a bifold. It's like a Michael Myers closet door, okay. but I only have one. Not It's not a double bifold. Okay. And I swear I saw that fucker looking at me through the, like, there you go. It fucking worked. Uh-huh. I was 40, 39, 40 years old, and it like, it kept me from going to sleep. Like, that movie, that's a good goddamn slasher movie. That's a good It's pull. disturbing. It, yes. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I have to. It, <laughs> I have to. Um, Probably at Christmas. Do you have a favorite scene? I do. It's, um, let me start with my favorite kill. Okay. 
which is uh, again, it was hard with this one because well, there's limited number yeah, one, but it's not so much the kill, uh, but it's Annie in the car. Oh, because she goes out there and she gets in the car, and she's like, "What the? Why is it steamy?" Inside? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's because <laughs> for a second, I mean, you probably know, but yeah, you're, you're like, like oh. "What? What the fuck?" And then that's fucking garroted, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite kill. Um, mine. But it's because of the setup to it. Mine is Bob. Who's, yeah. who's who's stabbed in the chest with a kitchen knife and then pinned up on the cabinet wall? Um, it's the twisted. It's twisted, and you get to see Michael Myers just have a little bit of personality as he tilts his head, looking at his work. That's it's fucked up. He's like, and I, like, I should have raised him a little higher. higher. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and then that thing was so fucking kiped. The head tilt. Yeah. From other movies to fucking metal bands, it's like. It was just a little bit of whimsy that made right. Michael Myers scary. Yeah. Because it was really all you get from him. Like, that's all you the personality even... you get is this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't he doesn't ever move, like, when he's stabbing, he doesn't ever move any faster. No. He might have to have a little more, like, strength because he's fighting somebody, right. but he's not moving any faster, any no. more purposefully. He just, yeah. But when he, li- yeah, when... You see the panic on Bob's face when he starts getting lifted up off the ground, uh-huh. and that's also a bit bothersome because you just see his feet start to go <laughs> up like this, and then you see once he's finally dead, his feet go curled and just relaxed. Um, I'm dead. I'm relaxed. <laughs> I uh, I really like the whole ending sequence, like the last probably 15 minutes. Don't don't when the yeah. music yeah when, it's, when the when 15 percent pace increases when it's yeah when it's, when it's really humming um when he does that from a dead lay down sit up yeah in the background that's a beautiful shot someone had rec- i found on youtube when i was pulling up the clip for the trailer someone had found and uh shared audio recording of a 78 or 79 reaction uh-huh and they timed it to showing the movie, and when you see Michael sit up straight up 90 degrees, and you just hear the audience go, ah! <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. It's I, I like that she unmasks him for a second when Luma shoots him. All of that shit is great. But my favorite, uh, my favorite scene is after all of that, and the camera just starts just smash cutting to empty shots oh yeah of the neighborhood and the that is pretty effective because it just gave me a chill thinking about it because it's like yep that's it he's out there somewhere yep that's we it don't know he, where he, he went don't know where he went nope he's not here nope, um he's not here because did you ever go like toilet papering and shit when you were a kid did you ever raise any sort of havoc out in the street what do you think probably not okay but You're that's correct. what but that's yes. what it looks like those shots remind me of being someplace at night that you weren't necessarily supposed to be. <laughs> uh, and, like, you know, you're out here fucking about. I mean, you're on your own. Nothing could happen, or you might run into a masked killer. Right. And that's what neighborhoods look like at night when everybody's in where they're fucking supposed to be at home watching Carson or whatever. Yeah, one of the most bothersome things is when Lori is screaming her head off for help and she goes to that one house and you see them pull the blinds <laughs> and then drop back and then turn the light off. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. seriously? 
Come no, on. That's, I mean, that's one thing that they got wrong because in the Midwest, somebody would have run out there with about seven shotguns. <laughs> to, we're bored in the Midwest. Where is, where, where is he? <laughs> exactly. Well, you, while you're telling me where he is, I'll just shoot indiscriminately into the darkness. Oh, so you pick the one street where no one has a shotgun. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, but that's I, that's my favorite. Like, there's a lot of fun, cool little shots and things. But that's my favorite. That sequence. Yes. All right. Right after the end, when the, well, I guess when they show down and Michael's gone. Yeah. Sorry Michael's to, he looks down. Michael's gone, and then it's the four or five cuts, and then it goes to black, and then the yeah. credits. Is it, that's pretty awesome? Um, Do you think the Akkads and the Salkinds get together every year around the holidays and just go, <laughs> "We've got this by the balls"? <laughs> you, I wonder that sometimes. Um, uh, my favorite scene is every time Lori thinks she's being followed or watched, and the audience knows he's there, but she's just getting glimpses. Uh-huh. Like how Carpenter creatively increases the tension with his simple yet effective score and efficient editing, whether it's her being followed by the station wagon, Michael's heavy breathing under the mask, um, hiding around the hedges or behind um, a sheet on a clothesline in the yard. Those stick with me more than anything else. Like she's sitting in class and she looks out and she sees that station wagon. And she sees Michael and then she kind of looks down and looks back up and it's gone. Yeah, those are the one. Those are my favorite shots. And they rather would, than having a specific scene. And they would play with that shit later. I would argue with Nightmare on Elm Street. And they okay. made quite a few references of the those specific shots in the next movie we're going to talk about too, which I'll, is kind of cool. I'll talk about it. Yeah, but the, that's that's the you could almost have a trope counter with this movie. Like, yeah, they, oh, they, you they, think they're tropes? You're like, no, that this was it started before. Here. Yeah, it, it started, started here. here. It These started aren't here. Tropes. Yeah. These are what the tropes became. They're tropes 45 yeah. years later, but right. they all fucking grew out of this, this little year. acorn. Um, so magic wand, or did you recast? <laughs> That's tough, dude. No, that was um, hard for me. My magic wand was just, I wish there were, a, there was a little more blood and gore and a few more kills. I, that, so it's funny that you say that, that because I think my choice would have done that. Um, just for shits and giggles, give the director's chair to Brian De Palma. <sighs> And I think it would have been a little more salacious. You would have had more blood, some more kills. Right. Um, it also didn't hurt that I was listening to a soundtrack to one of his movies that day, so he was kind of on the brain. But um, <laughs> same cast, same script, same score. That would have been interesting. One night only. Brian De Palma directs Halloween. <laughs> I'd buy a ticket to that. I would. Yeah. 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 I, just, I know you yeah. would. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't want him to take it as sensational as Rob Zombie took it. Which was, you know, over the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian De Palma. You know what this movie's missing? What's that? Backstory. Tits, tits and rape. <laughs> right. Incest. I don't a little know boy that looks like Travis as a kid. He did. He Actually, did. I didn't look like that when I was... He looks I like me if I was a kid now. <laughs> okay, right? I can see that. Yeah. Um, I looked more like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes when I was a little kid. All right, so you want some trivia? Yes, please. All right. What's the body count? On with the body count! Five? I have six. Count the dog? I think the dog is counted here. Judith Myers stabbed. The mechanic was beaten to death. The dog in the Myers house that is slammed against the wall. Lester is strangled. Bob is stabbed. Linda is strangled. And that's the last kill 
Yep, that's six. Yeah. You didn't mention Annie. I don't have Annie listed here. So seven. And maybe it says Annie Lester. Is it Annie Lester? Oh, Annie Loomis is her Annie. name. Okay. No. No. It says Lester. It's what I pulled everything down, I may have missed something. Maybe it's Annie. Because Annie's <clears throat> strangled, and then so maybe Annie Lester, and for some reason they decided not to list that when I grabbed and copied and dropped it in here. Possible. Anyway, uh, but it's six total. I um, think most people count the dog. Yeah. Because they, they take the time to yeah. show it. Oh, yeah. So. Um, so, from a budget of 300000 320, I think, once they've added in three, I think it was 325 once they put in um, the five days of work that uh, Dr. Loomis, <laughs> Mr. Wow. Uh, Pleasance, Donald Pleasance got. Um, it was a 20-day shoot. The film went on to gross $47 million in the U.S., um, which is a lot of money <laughs> in 1978-79. slash In 2023, the budget would have cost $1.4. Still nothing. Correct. And it would have grossed $221 million, making Halloween one of the most successful independent films of all time. Was it not the most successful independent film at all time up it to It may that have point? been for a period of time. I thought, I maybe think it the, held a, it I thought of, the Ninja Turtles knocked it off. It may have. I think we kind of talked about that when we discussed the Ninja Turtles. I believe possibly. we did. Um, because of the film's tight budget, the production designer, Tommy Lee Wallace, who ended up actually directing the third, your favorite kind of, um, had to use whatever he had at his disposal or had to buy materials cheaply. And there were two masks for Michael Myers. Yep. The first was a Don Post Emmett Kelly smiling clown mask that they, uh, used for him, uh, put, with uh, frizzy red hair on it, and then they tested it out, and it appeared very demented and creepy. So even in that regard, without even doing it, they started that trope as well. <laughs> right. The other mask was Captain Kirk. Yeah. We all know that. Captain Kirk. It had the eyebrows and sideburns ripped off, and the face was uh, painted uh, bluish white. The hair was spray-painted brown, and the eyes were open the eyes were opened up more, and after testing out the mask, the crew decided that it was much more creepy because it was emotionless. Yeah. So can you imagine what the world would look like for the last 40-plus years if the Michael Myers mask had been like a had been a clown mask instead, though? I mean, when he's a little boy, he, he is, is a clown. He is a clown. Correct. But it's just... Yeah, that's, we, that's weird thinking well, I mean, that look it at, was a, originally... They look had, at any number of the movies that, that were clowns. Killer Clown yeah. from Outer Space. There's one on a shutter called Haunt. It's actually not bad. Uh, I mean, everybody hates clown. A lot of people hate clowns. I don't and hate it's clowns. creepy. But a lot of people do. And they, a lot sure. of people find them creepy. But sometimes I wonder if people really found them scary until did, Stephen King. Did they? Well, John Wayne Gacy might have had something to do with uh, that. Too. No, that's true. Did they opt to not do clowns also part of, partly because of Gacy? I don't know. They never. Nothing ever of that came up. Okay. So actually, you could argue that Gacy started that trope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, William Shatner did not find out until years later that a mask bearing his likeness was used to make the Michael Myers mask. He sued for past royalties, and they settled out of court. Jesus. Shatner donated the settlement to charity, so good for him. Okay. But ironically, the case uh, could have easily been dismissed. The masks was actually a likeness of Captain Kirk, to which Shatner does not own the rights to. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a likeness to William Shatner. It was a likeness of Captain Kirk. Semantics. So even though 
he still decided once he found out, I'm going to see if I get some money out of it. Well, I'll just give it to charity. <laughs> or do you think someone talked to him first? And went, you know what? If you win, you Bill, should probably donate Bill, that. you're going to look like a real cock. <laughs> uh, also, you're not going to get as much as you think you're going to get. You're going to have to keep working. That's why uh, they settled out. You mean I can't quit my job? And no. Uh, Carpenter keep being TJ Hooker. <laughs> Carpenter's intent with the with the character of Michael Myers was that the audience should never be able to relate to him, and that's, that's why fair. that's why, in my opinion, zombies doesn't work is because there's a abusive backstory. That this is why he is the way he is. It's like, almost like one of them is a good storyteller and director, <laughs> and the other one is, is all substance. <laughs> or I'm sorry, all style, no substance. Correct. Um, just like with Assault on Precinct 13, half of the budget was spent on the Panavision cameras. And it shows. Yeah. You um, could damn near shoot a dog food commercial with those cameras. Yeah. And as long as you had somebody that was competent at writing and blocking, it's going to fucking... It's going to look it's amazing. It's going to look amazing. Yeah. Put Dean Cundy behind the camera and it's going to look incredible. Uh, as the film was shot out of sequence, John Carpenter created a fear meter so that Jamie Lee Curtis would know what level of terror she should be exhibiting depending on when they were shooting. Nice. That's helpful. Yeah. She thought she was going to get fired the first day. Uh, she thought she was horrible and then got a call from John and thought that she was getting fired. And he, in fact, was calling to say how great a job that she did for her first day. So What day? What, what, what did they shoot that day, does it say? Uh, uh, no, it did okay. not. Um, the dark lighting comes from necessity. The crew didn't have enough money for more lights. So <laughs> that's the reason why it's so damn dark. And it works. Dean Cundy did a miraculous job with how to light everything that he could. Plus, they used uh, the Panaglide kind of setup with the Steadicam, <clears throat> which was very new at that time. Because right. I think they started that trend with, like, Rocky, Rocky. or whatever. It was, so, was invented for Rocky. Possibly, yes. And so, like, that kind of setup was was new. This is new technology. So having that smooth movement was and and free smooth movement was very unique to that time, and yeah. so it works really well in especially in the first what ten minutes or whatever it is that it's not it's not a full uncut scene. You can you know where the cuts are when yeah. Michael puts on the clown mask and yeah. and whatever, and there are things like that, but. It's so smooth and just – I just love how it just tracks around and into the house and everything's just done. I love those types of shots. It's just oh, – Yeah, it's great. Anybody who loves filmmaking, they just get a boner when they watch that kind of stuff. <laughs> I got me a Michael Myers boner. Um, the scene where the shape seems to appear out of the darkness behind Lori was accomplished by using a simple dimmer switch on the light that slowly illuminated the mask. And director of photography Dean Cundy liked it likened it to the eyes getting adjusted to the dark. And oh, I always cool. love that shot that he they had a dimmer under where he's there. You don't realize he's there and then yeah. slow your oh shit. He's right there in the darkness. <laughs> Get out of the room, bitch. <laughs> exactly. Deborah Hill, the producer and co-writer of it of the movie, uh worked for no salary, but did receive a percentage of the profits as the film grossed in excess of seventy million dollars. Uh, that and uh, domestically as well as worldwide, this proved to be highly lucrative. And so I believe she possibly made more money than Carpenter did from the first movie. Weren't they married? They were dating. I don't know if they were married. Okay. Um, but uh, John Carpenter 
was paid only $10,000, but he was paid 10000 to write, produce, direct, and score the, f- the film, which apparently was a very high dollar amount for a relatively new director. Sure. And so he got it because he kept the film under budget. Tight. So that's the reason why he got it. But he also was doing three, four different roles. Right, right. Um, and then lastly, Halloween was selected in 2006 for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool that this movie, like, you know what? We got to put this, got to reserve, we got to preserve this just in case we blow up the world and someone comes back and we want to see the movies that <laughs> the good were, ones the good ones uh yeah so that's I, everybody knows a lot of the trivia yeah is there anything that i didn't mention that you thought was kind of unique that maybe i didn't pull off the top of your head i can't no i already mentioned the bags of leaves i i, I think the first time i saw halloween was on or one one of the first times Maybe the second or third time it was on AMC or Stars or something, right? And they always had like a ten or fifteen minute block of time between movies. Mm-hmm. Some wherever I saw it, they they talked about like that's where I learned that it was a Shatner mask. That's where <laughs> I learned about the palm trees. That's where I learned about the the painted leaves. And yeah. The, that stuff is, yeah, I always find that stuff. I fun. love shit like that. Like but, they only had like three or four pumpkins because it was spring. <laughs> Uh, and they had to paint them, and so they had to be careful of what they were going to use and when and That's where. Funny. And so, <laughs> no, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything you missed. Mo- some of the stuff you said, I didn't. I didn't know. The other ones that are fun to watch. If you ever have the DVD or Blu-ray of this movie, is to listen to the one, listen to a commentary track, listen to Carpenter talk about it. Is it just him or someone else? Uh, they kind of break it up between him, I think Jamie Lee Curtis and Deborah. Hill. Okay. Yeah, I'd be. And some of the that. other ones are are newer. Sometimes they bring in additional, like they bring in Tommy Lee Wallace, and they may bring in like Nick Castle or something like that, uh, who played the shape. But I was going to make a shitty pun. <laughs> Go on. How does his commentary shape up? <laughs> it's all right. It was dastardly. Dastardly. Um, still hold up. Final thoughts. Uh, oh, absolutely. I said by the time I saw Halloween for the first time, the movie didn't really scare me. You know, like we talked about before. <laughs> Right. I didn't think I saw it at the right age. I guess that was Halloween too. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Uh, but what didn't scare me fascinated me instead. It's the simplicity of the plot, the strategic use of cinematography and camera placement, editing, and a strangely ingenious film score that make this movie stand out among others. Does it feel a little tame now? Yeah, but that's only because it's when the movie was first made. Do you think they did the she's secretly his sister thing in Halloween 2 because of Empire Strikes Back? That's possible because, like... He invented that fucking trope, too. <laughs> or maybe George Lucas did. I don't know. Well, yeah. Do you, so you think maybe Empire Strikes Back influenced his writing for... Wait, is it... No, you don't find out they're brother and sister. No, until... but they do... Not... Technically, tell Jedi. Jedi, but Yoda does like hint at it, say no, there is another, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> picking up on subtlety, young Skywalker is not. <laughs> um, nothing in this movie feels cheap because of the quality of craftsmanship that was behind the camera. Yep, uh, it's a love letter to filmmaking. I think is why this I, movie yeah, holds yeah. up really well. Um, I've always felt 
that really good filmmakers who are restricted by a budget come up with creative solutions in executing a top-notch final product. And that's exactly what Carpenter did with Halloween. By putting together a great team like Dean Cundy behind the camera, Tommy Lee Wallace as his production designer, and I think possibly editor, um, a cast who understood how to play their characters, uh, and a crew who all had the same goal to make the best movie they could for the money that they were given. They created one of the greatest genre pictures of the last 50 years. Sure. That's yeah. That's I mean, how I see Given the fact that Halloween, given the fact that the most recent movie in this, I don't like the word franchise, but the most recent movie in this franchise came out a year ago and this is almost 40. Think it's still relevant. Yeah, I think it might still hold up just a little bit. The fact that the, that the Library of Congress said, like, we need to go ahead and preserve this for future generations, you know, to not appreciate, uh, <laughs> I think, says something about. <laughs> what the, do you think they the, did that with Friday the Thirteenth or no? Uh, do you think they did that with Nightmare on Elm Street? Probably not. Nightmare, maybe. Maybe I'd have to look. Um, but, b- but Texas Chainsaw, probably. Maybe. Maybe. Psycho. Possibly. Psycho, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is one of the heads, at least on the modern version of the horror Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, Who would you put? Jason, Freddy. Uh, Michael Myers. <sighs> that fourth one is weird. The fourth one is weird. The fourth one is always the uh, Teddy Roosevelt one, <laughs> even though he's third in the rotation because Teddy Roosevelt, like, he's he's one of those. He was, wasn't so much a president as he was just like a fucking lad about town, and he just <laughs> happened to be the guy in charge, like cracking skulls, cracking skulls, and making, making national for uh, national yeah, parks. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I didn't think about that. I don't know. Would you put Leatherface there? No. No. Maybe. Would you? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Leatherface. <laughs> leatherface. I would say Leatherface, but I mean, shit, that's over 50 years. <laughs> um, it definitely brought in the golden age of horror, uh, though a couple years early. And I said here, the most successful uh, independent film of all time until the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a staple in this house. It doesn't even have to be Halloween for me to watch this. But did you even watch it for your notes or not really? I didn't because how, how many times do you think you couldn't tell you? But straight ad yeah, nauseum from memory. Yeah, five hundred. Uh, just like you said, uh, proof that low budgets and good cameras can make a great film, and oh, totally yeah. still holds up. I always love the fact that when Carpenter, especially when he was first starting out, was like, no, 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 no. Like half this budget goes to the camera. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Uh-huh. Just wait. Just you'll wait, see it. You'll wait, see it. Wait till you see the dailies after the like, first we, day. Trust me. We got everybody from USC Film School. You know, I went there. I, Cundy went there. I think Tommy Lee Wallace went there. Like half his crew. Like it's just like so they all we, came we, out of the same program. So they yeah, all kind of spoke the same kinda, language. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like we know what we're doing. And you're still spending one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the fucking camera. <laughs> yep. Uh, are you? Okay. That We're camera, only shooting in 20 days. That camera goes home with me every night. <laughs> it just seems so crazy that half your budget would go to the camera. But at the same time, this movie wouldn't look like it does if it hadn't. Oh, I mean, think about it. It's 100% of what you see. Correct. <laughs> Not 80. Not. I mean, other than the, the blackout <laughs> shots. All right. It's, it's so 100% of what you see. That's Halloween. Let's uh, fast forward a bit. 
and do uh, Halloween 2018. Or Halloween. Again. <laughs> it's Michael Myers. Babysitter Murders, 1978. 40 years to this day. We have to hunt him down. Rated R. I mean, you said it. That one's quicker than the original. <laughs> and they don't Rated say Halloween. R. The they, movie's called Rated R. Rated I think R. there's actually a movie called Rated R. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. They're, uh, yeah, they, they don't need to say the title of the movie because <laughs> they actually say they the original need. title in it. The and you Murders. hear the music. Did, the, it's, you know the, that? it's the 15% increased. Uh, <laughs> Did you know the original title was a babysitter murder? Yeah, I like how they referenced that when he goes through the – I had that was one of my notes when I was watching it, that he goes through the list of um, people that were on the bus with the bus wreck. Uh-huh. And then that's when he references it. And he references you the fucking don't know title. this guy. Yeah. You fucking don't remember this. You don't remember this. I was two. <laughs> um, that's what I wrote down first was. So would you call this a franchise wide retcon direct sequel? Well, you <laughs> asked me too about the, right. the timeline thing. So now is as good a time as any to talk about it. So <laughs> Halloween is a storied uh, <laughs> franchise in the. So, like, all the Freddy movies... Stab me with these details. Kind of, <laughs> between Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, Freddy's Dead, they all kind of follow a through line. Right. Not the best, but Friday the 13th doesn't. <laughs> it's just, they're more like snapshots. Of like just the rehash of the same story, but there's different elements to them. They tried to make direct sequels with Halloween, so as fucking weird as that can happen. The infographic yeah. I have shows Halloween from 1978. Then you can jump immediately to this movie, Halloween oh, Kills. It's kind of like Doc uh, Doc Brown's jump timeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can go from we Halloween. created an alternate timeline here. <laughs> you can go from Halloween 78 to Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween, Halloween ends. ends. Or you can go from Halloween to Halloween 2 to Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection. Um, or you can go from Halloween to Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and then Halloween 6. Um, Hall- are, that's a weird timeline, though, isn't it? Because yeah, it's like... Well, you you so could also they, go from Halloween to Halloween 4, 5, and 6. Because Halloween 4 is supposed to be, uh, the little girl Jamie is supposed to be Lori's daughter, and Lori is dead. Okay. Um, I actually like Halloween 4. I was Hall- going to ask you what other Halloween... Halloween 5 is not bad. I don't. turned out. Halloween 2 has probably my favorite kill in the series which one <laughs> he takes the nurse's head and shoves her into that that hot tub. hot tub thing yeah it's fucking great like who would have a hot tub that would go <laughs> that, that hot in a hospital dr simpson this goes to three thousand degrees that just seems excessive <laughs> it's like this furnace goes to five thousand degrees is that uh-huh. normal <laughs> uh then you've got just out floating by themselves rob zombies too abortions right. and then oh, completely off by itself you've got halloween three <laughs> it's like hey we tried something which no one liked it halloween ends um was not did you like that one did you i was indifferent it got it. real esoteric i think 
Oh, we'll talk about it more when we go with a magic wand. Sure. Okay. We'll, we yeah, can we, discuss that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Halloween three is just out there on its own, like space trash. The more, <laughs> but the more, if it stands alone, the more I like Halloween three. Mm-hmm, I know. You know, it's just anyway. But we're not here to talk. It about doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really matter how old you were when you saw this because it's only five years old. Correct. I was in the theater. <laughs> I don't think I saw this in the theater. I did. Lisa actually wanted to go see this one. I remember. I remember it. you guys going to see it. And I was surprised that you guys were going to see it. And we went and saw that. And then when we were in like full force kind of COVID mode, they released Halloween Kills on Peacock. I watched that. And I think you I watched told me, like, dude, it does not disappoint with the title. Uh, I liked Halloween Kills. <laughs> with Halloween Kills. And I said, and so Lisa was kind of curious. And I said, I think from the description I'm getting from Travis's, you would probably not want to watch this one. <laughs> At least the and opening she was sequence. Like, fuck me. You are correct. There is a lot of killing in this one. <laughs> it, Halloween Kills has. Okay. A lot of kills. So <laughs> I really like Blumhouse. Yes, yeah. I think they they bring an eighties chutzpah. Yeah, they bring a to nineties horror. Yeah, they bring an in- independent eighties kind of chutzpah. You said, but their movies feel more like nineties horror. The way they're, yeah. they're shot better, they have more budget. Correct, but the ideas they the a lot of the movies that Blumhouse does, the ideas are interesting. The ideas are interesting. And it's like, this is the money that you have. You yep. don't get to go over it. Here's $10 million. Do, that's, that's all you get. Yep. And Think your way around any problems that you might run into once you start. Their version like, of The Invisible Man is out. really good with Elizabeth Moss. Um, they did one. Get with, Out was them. Was Get Out there? Yeah. I, get Out is my least favorite but, of Jordan Peele's movies. But at the same time, it's still just, it, it's great yeah. how they did that yeah it, you know you get enough to get the car moving correct. and the rest you have to keep it on the road I, I, a lot of it is in here i think that's yep. what i like is that you have to use a lot of it to your imagination yep. to to a degree um there was um uh, they've done a couple with kevin bacon one was called you should have left mm-hmm. um it plays like an old hammer house of horror episode does it it's i still haven't seen that but i it's think really I have it good. on my saved queue i think it's still on peacock available to stream um i just really like blumhouse and you A24 fans, I just don't have time <laughs> for your movies. Fucked up, whore. <laughs> Get on with it. That's weird. There's um, weird shit right here. Um, what's the strangest thing about this entire movie to you? That there's no fucking way on hell or in earth that the whiz is going to pull Judy Greer. <laughs> get it? <laughs> yeah. No, he's funny. I get it. Chicks like funny dudes, but she is way too hot for him. Yeah. Um, I, I Honestly, the weirdest thing for me is has nothing to do with the movie itself. Uh-huh. It's knowing that Danny McBride was involved with the production and one of the screenwriters. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, wait, hold on. Is that the same Danny McBride that we They were know? involved. They yes. were involved in uh, The Predator, too. Were they? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. The Wiz. I'm the Wiz. Nobody beats me. What is that from? Seinfeld. Seinfeld, right. I love, I love Toby Huss. He's fucking he's funny. He's fucking funny. Yeah, he's I funny. hate it when he, bite, when he bites it in this movie. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, he's great in uh, Halt and Catch Fire, if you ever end up watching I that. I haven't. It's, he's fantastic. I, he just I, plays these great characters. I also like in this that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't want to do it. 
and I'll talk about it a little bit. I was expecting trivia. Judy Greer to... <laughs> up here, Michael. These? Up here, Michael. Up here, Michael. See, that would have been funny. That would have been funny. Oh, Michael. I'm sure someone's thing. done yeah. it. <laughs> um, but she came, Jamie Lee Curtis came in as a, a executive producer as well, so she had some input into her character. Right. And I like how she clearly had a big hand in developing Lori's story. Right. And I like how they brought John Carpenter back. Sure. To go, we to want... To get paid. <laughs> we, well, he's got paid with Everyone. every single one of these movies regardless but the fact that they brought him in and said we want you to do the score he's like well, all right i'm gonna bring in my son and we're gonna kind of flesh out the score yeah. and someone i think yeah the three people total i'm like wow three people to make that score okay regardless they 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 took Lori and made her not just a hapless victim they made her have her damage from her trauma as a kid but they also made her a survivor right uh so it's it's not like a it's like a it's like a I don't want to say battered female, but like no. a battered female survivor kind of story. Well, but then they also go, we have to at least make fifty percent of this a good old fucking Halloween movie, right? I, well, that's what I had down here, and they I, did. And I said, I think the writers did a great job, along with uh, working with Jamie Lee Curtis, of turning Laurie into a self sufficient protector, suffering from survivor's guilt, PTSD, and agoraphobia. She didn't like being around a lot of. I can, crowds. Under, I can yeah. understand that one. Um, I think the movie does a really good job of exploring the long-lasting consequences that violence and trauma has not only on its victims, but the lives of everyone that was close to them. Sure. You know, and I love how it really fleshes out Lori's character after 40 years of living with her trauma and how she pretty much went full-on, full-blown Sarah Connor, <laughs> mm, <yep. laughs> which was pretty much she was a blank canvas back in 1978. And so it's fun to see that jump. It's a big. It's not a big jump. It's a believable jump of living in a with horror that, movie. In a yeah. horror movie yeah. of living with that trauma. They don't show nearly enough of substance abuse, which is what she most likely, likely would have also yeah. would have had problems. With. I mean, she is You're, down in an airplane bottle. <laughs> there, I, I love this movie, right? But I do have. Do you have some? plot holes with it? <laughs> plot holes no, or may, just holes may, in general? Um. Okay, so are, do it's we want to jump to what doesn't work? Sure. Is that- it's, for me, it's a case of it's not you, it's me. Because I can't... It, it's two things. This can't, and some of the tropes and jokes and things in this can't exist without the other 15, or it's not 15, the other, I don't know, eight or nine movies. Starting with when they're walking down the street and like, wasn't that your wasn't that your grandma's brother? Like, no, that was just a rumor. That was a fun way of them fucking off Halloween. Right. Everything past seventy eight. Right. It's a fun way of them saying No, it, that was it, just a rumor. Yeah. It's right. It, I did I did like that. It was fun, but they do a lot of and they may have I'd have to go back and look, they may have been the first movie to start all the winky naughty fan service. The big time fan service stuff. Um because you mentioned earlier the mirroring of the shots. Yeah. I like, like they that. Were doing some homages to. Well, she Michael like, looks out the window and sees her standing in the yard. Yes. She comes up into the dimmer into the closet. She's, Correct. She's the one that disappears after falling out the window. And it's the, the granddaughter in the high school classroom Looking when she out looks out and sees her grandma. I initially there, liked it when I first saw this, but now it's just a little too on the nosy for me. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, but it's. Like they're this, not I, subtle nods anymore to you, and they're like, uh, and I don't think they ever were. No, probably not. But I still really like this movie. It's 
it definitely has elements of all of the high points from all the sequels. Um, there's definitely some Halloween five in there. Um, cause there's no Halloween party in the original movie, but there is a full on Halloween party in four and five. Okay. And they, they don't reference it per se, but they're definitely like drama happens as a result of going to a Halloween party. And that happens in, in four and five. So I, again, it's not them. It's me. I, I, I can't ignore everything from right. 81 till I think it's funny now. with me was watching this and directly jumping 40 years and there is a stark comparison to between a small budget horror movie in 1978 and how limited the cast is and how much bigger the cast is yeah. 40 years it later it would have been and fun to do it uh, to adjust for inflation give them the same money right and say do it again like here's two and a half do what you can do with two and a half million dollars, sure. and we'll see what we can do. By right. the way, that camera Just, that you spent half the budget on last time here here's an <laughs> iPhone six. <coughs> um, uh, um, for me, it says oftentimes this movie is funnier than it should be for what doesn't work. I said you can sort of see McBride's fingerprints all over the script, specifically some of the dialogue, uh, the kids, the the little kid Julian who's being babysat, a little black kid, uh -huh. um, or the two deputies sitting in the patrol car discussing Bon Mies and their lunches. That's just 80s horror, dude. Correct. I love the scenes, don't get me wrong. I just sometimes it feels like they almost don't feel like they should be in this movie. For they're not. They're being, not. <sighs> and I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's just... Well... That's just yes where no. that's where you and I differ on what a horror movie. Okay, you don't you don't like eighties horror as much as most people. Like eighties horror, those are necessary connective tissues. Like the mouthy little kid, yes, the <sighs> barely qualified to be cops, cops, but they change <laughs> how they're usually they're talking about like some sort of misogynist shit. In an '80s horror movie, here they're talking about what the fuck a bon me sandwich is. Right. It's a it's a it's a spin on on the same connective tissue from '80s horror, and they're just they're just paying their own. that to me is subtle homage. Okay. To '80s to to the genre at large. So you're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I I did like Halloween Kills. Started off really good, and then it ends like, what? Wait, what? happen it's she's 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 just gone now remember the end of halloween kills yeah she, jamie uh judy greer just disappears right well she was she was killed though correct but yeah but she just disappeared yeah like, like in front of like in front of Lori's eyes she's up in the window and she gets she's stabbed and then she just disappears hmm. yeah and then halloween kills is one of those oh we're gonna lean a bit into the supernatural now a lot bit and then yeah uh, I liked it, but I evidently just happened to, for some reason, I just happened to like the third movie in trilogies for some reason. <laughs> it's not my favorite in the in the new... Kills is interesting because it deals with the whole mob mentality. Yeah, very and that's, prescient that was that was an interesting spin on that. Yeah. And I do like how they're purposeful in the, we're making a trilogy and we have zero desire to make any movies after the third one. But I know well, you really? fuckers will. You'll just, you're going to reboot something else. You're going to... They're going to The Exorcist now. Right. I was going to say. And so what, what I do like is how we're going to get rid of Michael Myers. Well, how are you going to get rid of him? Well, he's going to get 
chewed up into by God destroyed. A, like, <laughs> like they can't bring him back. He is mashed up into what typical. I think, and you, it's, it's, um, it's, it's foreshadowing. You kind of see it in the beginning of Kill. Uh, it kills. Um, Halloween ends is that you know whoever it is that's working at the junkyard that they grind down all of the pieces and you're like oh I did not realize that that's There's, what they were going to use to uh, destroy Michael Myers and everybody's going to come and watch us grind down it's a great Michael they don't pull away from that kill no too. it was good there's uh, somebody gets thrown into a hay thresher in part five I can't remember who it is I don't think it's Michael but it's a horror movie and yeah. they they. Have you ever seen any interviews with David Gordon Green? Mm, a little bit. He 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 and um, Blum, the guy that Blum, Jason House, Blum, Jason yeah. Blum, they guested on uh, an episode of The Last Drive-In and were interviewed. Oh yeah, and I can't remember what it was. What, a, it was a Halloween. Harry? It wasn't Halloween movies, but it was a Halloween episode, I believe. Uh, and he's just a little too cool for school, man. He just—he's not Nolan-esque in the love and the smell of his own farts, but you can tell I can that. Like, I know, I know what you're talking about. He's knocked one out of the park here or there, and he's just—you know—little fishish, big or big fish, little pond little kind pond. of energy. I, I could be wrong. He could have just been nervous because he was on Joe Bob. I—I I, I don't know. Jason Blum seemed like a fucking sort of a hapless studio guy. Yeah, and it's just like, yep, I just want to make money. Yeah. And it's like, I get your energy. I don't understand it, but I get where you're coming from. But Jason Gordon Green seemed a little like, oh, what? No, these are just my new airwalks. No, I just, no. Like, he wants you to talk about his airwalks so fucking much, but he doesn't want you to know that he wants you to talk about his airwalks. (laughs) That's how he comes off to me. Um, And they said, like, we're not going to do the superhuman fucking damage tank killing machine, Michael Myers. And then by God, if that's not what they do at the starting with the beginning of the second movie. And like, I don't hate that, but don't tell me you're not going to do it and then do it. So what they've done is just like what you said. They, they, they started grounded. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about the James Bond snap. They did it quick as you please with this trilogy. Correct. And now that they've destroyed the physical body that Michael Myers is in, he he jumped into what's his balls? Yeah, the kid. Yeah, that kid. Uh, they did that in part five as well. Did they? Yeah. So you would do yourself a favor to at least go back and watch Halloween two, Halloween four, and Halloween five. I've seen. Two, I've watched two recently. I two is not bad. Four and before. five are four and five are not good. They're. They're just they are what they they are. lose any subtlety that John Carpenter may have put into. You know why you know it's a Halloween movie? Why? Because you see Michael Myers and someone has playing on Carpenter's music in some way, shape, to or form. some degree. Yeah, to but some they degree. they take elements and little nods and little story devices from two, four, and five in in Halloween Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Right. So you would do yourself a favor to watch those three. But all that to say is if they've gone full esoteric supernatural by the end of this trilogy i don't see how they won't reboot it or try to make a sequel they're going to reboot it or they're going to reinvent it and that's that's all halloween has been since 1980 well 83 if you could argue because they did they did halloween and halloween 2 and they were like okay that's played out let's try this oh i guess you guys aren't ready for that one yet the kids are gonna love it (laughs) 
And then they come back in 88 with the return of Michael Myers. So they've, in, in did essence, they wait that long before they did the, four? Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, because they were My like, boy, we pissed oh, off a we, lot of people. Uh, so <laughs> we done fucked up, kids. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween two. Then they tried a new direction with part three, which was what Carpenter's idea was, right. To do an anthology series, tried a new direction with part three, failed. Came back and rebooted with part four. Did four, five, and then six was in nineteen ninety five, and then re rebooted it in ninety eight for H two O, right? Right, and yeah. then Halloween Resurrection was the sequel to that, and then there was Halloween something else after that. And then you had Rob Zombie. This series has been the most like rebooted Halloween or the a most rebooted franchise. Yeah. So it would you'd almost be upset with them if they didn't try to reboot it after doing this one. It's like he's like the horror movie Batman. Like every couple of years there's going to be a new or every micro generation you get a new person. Yeah. Cuz they usually take about the first 5 minutes and set up this universe's mythology of it. Yeah. Or how they how, how did we get to here? And then and then it's just here it is. 78 minutes of killing. Yeah. <laughs> killing and running and running and killing. Um How about my two sentence summary? Yes. <laughs> Doomsday prepper Lori Strode proves everyone wrong. The boogeyman does exist, and this time she's prepared. That's that's all. I have. That's pretty good. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what she turned into. She is. She was ready. I wouldn't say a doomsday. No, I know, I know. Kind she of, did, but she, she, she didn't have, have the she didn't have the food stuff. She did have a lot of food did down she? in her in her pantry. My favorite zone. thing about that is she. I actually laughed out loud at this part is when she's going through. She's handing them all guns. Like, oh, okay. This is for stopping power, and this, this is for this, that, and that this was, is for this, and this is tactical. And she has like the fucking. Thanks for stepping right over my favorite scene. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Dick. Well, I'll tell you what's funny about it then. All right, do your favorite scene. All right. What's this? It's my childhood. Let's go. Poison. I like a revolver. They never jam. This is accuracy and stopping power. This is tactical. He waited for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Come on, Michael. So, yeah, she grabs the pistol grip shoddy, says it's tactical, and she's right. Uh, and then proceeds to hunt him down through the rest of the house with a fucking rifle, <laughs> which is for long range accuracy, not well, close quarters combat. Yeah, and she's also right about the revolver. But well, she jam. did reference the rifle with "this is for stopping power." Sure, but at the same time, she should have been using a revolver or yeah, a, a revolver or a shoddy in close yeah. quarters. Yeah, but instead, I mean, any old had, port in a storm. But I understand, and I love that one of the. 
<laughs> one of the most anti-gun people on the planet is giving that speech. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. But she's not necessarily anti-gun. She's just no. a gun control person. Um, <laughs> this is first. I like revolvers. They don't jam. She's right. They don't. Yeah, they don't. Um, my favorite line is Ray towards the beginning of the movie. It's, ah, I got peanut butter on my penis. That's, that's actually the full joke of my thing. Is, uh, there's no way the Wiz is pulling Judy Greer even with peanut butter on his penis. Because <laughs> he said mouse traps, right? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how you but set mouse act- traps in the Midwest. Yeah, it's peanut butter. Well, no, it's and that's how you set mouse. Actually, traps, my dad period. was double cruel. My dad would put mouse poison on mouse traps. So, like, just in case they just in the case trap. they got out, yeah. they were gonna die. <laughs> You're gonna die either way. You're gonna die, mouse. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite line or scene is uh, another sequence. It's the. Um, you're guided and led down the path that she's this broken alcoholic, damaged near shut in. Yes, with a with a panic room, uh, this whole time, and you're like, God, she's lost her fucking mind, and she has. But the payoff is it's actually a, that elaborate trap that she set for him. Yeah, and then the what, clinches it, and she pops up out of the closet like he did with the dimmer switch, and she says, "Happy Halloween, Michael," Michael. and gets him trapped, and then torches the whole fucking joint and splits. Yeah, that that's what, fucking like it was like everybody's entitled to one good scare on Halloween. They 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 tricked us with that one. Like I yep. enjoyed that flip, and Judy Greer's was the best when she's pretending I to freak got out. You. Gotcha. Gotcha. Blam! And blows his fucking shoulder off. Right. Oh, that's so... Like, I love that they took the trope of women freaking out and screaming and being utterly, basically useless in horror movies to them, like, being the the ones in control of it. And they didn't do it in such a ham-handed way that we're like, no, we're going to just make the girls badass. They made the girls badass. Yeah. But in a but like in, in a, a realistic a, defensive yeah. way, yeah. Like right. they're still freaking out, but they're not freaking out to the. But point now of, it's like I've was I've been preparing for this, and the other one's like I've been prepared for this. Yeah. Like they're not against my will, but now I know they're not freaking out to the point of being inconsolable, unmovable, just quivering piles of jelly. Yeah. they're freaking out like a person would. Holy fuck, this is really happening. But like I got it, bam. Well, I love Judy Greer's like her reactions towards the beginning once. Once Lori knows that Michael has escaped, but she's not, her daughter's not believing, believing it yet, yeah. but slowly comes around to it, it's pretty awesome. But yeah, that's what I initially wrote down for my favorite scene outside of the clip here. It was just, I just love the last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie because now you have Lori in her element. Yeah. You know, and there's a bit of that haunted house. Mm-hmm. feel where she's going around for almost five minutes upstairs all the empty rooms or the mannequins just trying to find him and then once she clears the room she drops those. i thought that those, was a nice touch like that's so cool man yeah. i mean she is fucking prepared went for it yeah my my close second was that scene that mirrors um i think it's the first one when he goes through the house and uh kills the lady watching tv and then he's he changes from the hammer to the butcher knife that almost tracking shot yeah where he walks into the house she comes up to the window and then he comes into the house yeah, behind her that's and then a great the knife shot goes, yeah and then he she he goes back yeah yeah i like how he goes through and selects his weapon yeah it's like he's like, scrolling through know, on a video like, game yeah like you're going through your inventory i'll take the hammer right now <laughs> oh i've upgraded to a knife <laughs> 
<laughs> What's your favorite kill? Uh, when he takes New Loomis's head and chop kicks it into oblivion. Oh, where <laughs> that was one thing I remember when watching some behind the scenes description, and Danny McBride was being interviewed about the behind the scenes of writing the script. He's like, I don't know if it was him that wrote it or someone else that wrote it. Cause he co-wrote it with, uh, David Gordon green and another screenwriter yeah. as well. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, and he said that he said that, um, Dr. Saren or whatever shits brain, like it, it shits brains when his foot comes down. I'm <laughs> like, Oh, it kind of is. That is yeah. that doctor's head just kind of just, <laughs> Like, but my favorite has like there are several. What I wrote in here under favorite kills, I'm like there are several unsettling kills in this movie, but the one that gets me every time is the one you don't actually see, which is the gas station clerk when Michael Myers drops a handful of bloody teeth on the bathroom stall floor, over the bathroom stall door onto the floor, and you're like, oh my god, where did those come from? And then a few moments later, one of the podcasters walks by, and then you see that dude's head on the desk and what's left of his bottom jaw yeah. i guess he yeah. jaw open and then a close second is aaron the podcaster because if i'm being completely honest he was asking for it when he was do you feel it michael oh yeah yeah when he gets his head slammed into the wall multiple times i mean like, don't all podcasters of, deserve to have their heads bashed against the yeah. wall every now and again except for us <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did you do a magic wand or a recast? Uh, what I put down under magic wand was like, I know you like, you enjoy the sequels more than I do. Sure. Um, and I know you had definitely enjoyed Halloween ends more than I did. Or at least I think least I enjoyed it. Discussed. I think I enjoyed it more than most people. Okay. But it's but not I, without its head scratching. moments. Yeah. It, it's not without its flaws. Um, but I honestly feel that they went way too far in the story. And I felt spiraling towards a bit of the supernatural towards the end of part two and then into Halloween ends. And I just, for me, I didn't feel that it worked as much as a trilogy. At least they had a beginning, middle, and end. Like, and then it, it kind just, of, and it, it what just, was funny too is that it followed the Halloween and Halloween two where it was the night at, or the same night. Yep. Um, it continually followed. I think what was disappointing with ends is how little. Lori was in the second one because she's in the hospital because she'd been stabbed and yeah. hurt and whatever. Um, but I just – it just – it didn't – for me, it just did not feel the – I didn't feel initially it's the no clothing. Superman 2. Right. That's it. <laughs> it just didn't – it didn't hit all of the notes that I wanted it to, but I don't know what was going to. I can't. I, I know. Like every, you That's know. why I, I, I really went into these. And you have 40 years of expectations, and you wonder what's going to happen. I said earlier that I wasn't able to divorce myself of all the other sequels and everything that had happened. Right. But going into them, I was. I, I was like, whatever you guys are doing is fine. Do it. I don't have any preconceptions about what you're doing. But... After it's all said and done and I'm able to take it in, I I can't separate myself from the other stuff. So it's hard. And again, it's not them. It's me. Yeah. It's, it's my fault that I can't. Disconnect, d- yeah, I guess. Yeah, ignore. Like, ignore. I think the, the ones that I can ignore the most are the ones that I've seen the least, which are Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie ones, and anything past Halloween 5. 
basically the late 90s versions yeah the of. late 90s horror just like we talked about that earlier too lost it, its it, it was a it was a it was a dark time no no pun intended it was just like <laughs> it's, a dark it's like i said they they couldn't figure out what to do with horror and then it just needed to go to bed for a while and time had to pass and then we had to be able to come back and just be like let's just redo some 80s shit let's just go back into that vein and like we just like like i said too like they couldn't glorify premarital unsafe sex during the AIDS crisis. Right. Well, why don't you just make it known that you can't just be having frivolous fucking unprotected sex just the same way that you're making it known in this movie that you can't just go around killing people. It's a fucking movie. Because I think Mr. Postman, you don't go deliver the mail. Right. Thank you, Rob Schneider. It's an SNL joke of his, but <laughs> it's... But but the 80s, had, it had just... I, I to anyone that hasn't seen it, I cannot recommend enough. In Search of Darkness, In Search of Darkness Two, and In Search of Darkness Three. It's a documentary series right. about eighties horror, and ironically, in its way, the sequels of that do what horror movies do. I don't know if they meant it to or not, but in the first one, they talk about all the bigs. They get right. all the big ones out of the way, and it's like a four-hour documentary. And like each one, one, are like between three and four hours, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And the second one, they talk about secondary like fuck freddy's not i can't rent freddy tonight okay what else is on the shelf okay that's gonna be good too and then the third installment is like what is it now huh hadn't heard of that one but it looks fucking good like just i like the i like the art on the box i guess uh, i guess this one's in stock right well, and that's how a lot of horror movies got you because they would spend some they would spend some change on the art direction correct because a movie i cannot recommend enough spookies uh it is. I would you recommend. Sold me on the title. I can tell you that. Look at the look at the box art. Pull it up, and then I would recommend highly that you watch it on the last drive-in because there's no other way you're going to be able to get through it. Is it Y or I E S? I E S. Spookies, huh? All right, let's see here. A night of unrelenting terror. Winner of the. What does that say? <sighs> I can't imagine what it would want. Maybe a Razzie. Winner of the Delirium Award Science Fiction and Fantasy Film Festival. Let me see it. Yeah. Tell me that That's, cover art's not badass. I can I can understand why you would go after it. I'd never heard of it. It was on the last drive in. Uh and nineteen eighty six. Like I like I said, if you haven't seen it, I would highly suggest you watch the last drive in version and let Joe Bob help you watch that. Because it is otherwise an incomprehensible <laughs> mess. Um, what were we saying? 4.9 out of 10 IMDb. That's generous. <laughs> is it? Yes. Yeah. You're like, yes. It's literally two different movies thinly stitched together. Is it really? Yeah. How funny. Um, I but, like when when I do watch things on The Last Drive, and I like how he dives deep into the trivia and history yeah. of the making of the movie. And you should watch that one. Um, what was your magic wand or recast? My magic wand or recast was I wish the other <clears throat> the kills and ends didn't oh, exist. That's oh, you wish they didn't exist. I wish that it ended with Michael Myers burning to death. They kept it on a realism, realistic scale. Sure, he died in that house. Fair. Ah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a little alarming. It was scary. Um, no, that's how I would have imagined this one is. So maybe instead of just the cutting away while they're in the back of the truck driving away. Instead, they're still standing there watching, watching the house burn. just burn down and then fall in, and that's it. That's fair. I, that's how I would imagine. Leave it as a standalone like they did with Correct. the first one. Yeah, Correct. I don't hate that. I went uh, I went big with mine. Um I would to go big or go home, right? I would say, yeah, it's the playoffs. I would say through some sort of time temper, tem, portal, temporal, temporal rift, and this would definitely have to be a graphic novel because you'd never get all the rights. But there exists some sort of supernatural special forces team of <laughs> badass ladies and final girls. Something that would uh, be the op the. Female version of the, the bubblegum bubble squad. squad. Yeah, right. They fight in the future. They fight in the past. They fight in space and beyond. They serve no master, and you don't find them. They, they find, find you. Like the ATM. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, they're like the bubblegum squad, but more deadly. Rounding it out, you have Laurie Strode, guns and explosives. Sarah Connor, lasers and hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> Laser. Ellen Ripley, machinery and communications. Clarice Starling, she's your heart, the voice of reason. <laughs> And Christy Cotton. She specializes in folklore and magic. Which Christ- one's Christy Cotton? Hellraiser. Okay. Their name? The Finals. <laughs> the Final Girls? Just The Finals. The fi- Is that what you're implying, though? The Finals? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. I like that. Because <laughs> I remember when uh, <coughs> I had just seen this, I was like, well, she is a lot like the reboot Sarah Connor as well. And I remember posting or asking you who would win in a fight, Lori oh, yes. or Sarah Connor. <coughs> Or yeah, at one point you even posted once that this movie came out that you posted out who you who are you voting for? Would Something it be like Lori Strode, forty years later yeah. version, Sarah Connor or Ellen Ripley? Usually, <laughs> I think that was the well that pre- that pre- that Terminator re sequel or whatever you want to call it had come out the requel. I think it was Dark Fate. Yeah, which it was, was twenty nineteen. Yeah, wasn't it bad. wasn't bad. No. Um, it was along just, the same lines. Eventually, as this. just come up with something new. Well, Stop it was, trying to rehash. That's it was the along. The, it was along the same lines as this. Uh, yeah, it was within had, a year of each other. Yeah. Well, no, they had let the actors age, and then brought come back to the story twenty, thirty, forty years later, which is a again, good idea. It's the whole again. It's the it's, retcon, a, it, it's a fun idea. A, yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of trivia for this because it was either really long winded or pedantic. And sure, sure. We'll go, we'll go with that word today. Um, this was the first time since 1978 that Michael was listed as the shape and nice. not Michael Myers okay. in the credits. Um, I mentioned that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't want to come back to do this because I don't blame her. Uh, yeah. Uh, She's like, I've done enough of them and they've gotten she is in progressively some way, worse. She is in some <clears throat> way in every Halloween movie, whether it's her picture or her voice or a flashback. Or really? Something. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal is sort of her... Uh, unofficial godson, and he really? he talked her into hmm. coming back. Helped talked her into coming back to do the movie. Hmm. Jamie Lee Jamie Lee Curtis revealed to Chris Hardwick on his podcast that she performed the sounds of the baby crying when Michael's walking through the house in that scene. Oh, that was the scene where you're like, please don't have don't him kill, kill the baby. baby. Please don't kill the baby because yeah. I'm out of this movie if he kills now, the baby. That said, this is the first movie in which he kills a child. Was the little ki- the kid at the beginning that runs into him. Did he kill that kid? Mm-hmm. 
How many yeah. kills were in this? Do you remember? 18. 18. Okay. That is the last of my trivia. So but, the so the kid that runs into him before he goes into that house and stabs that lady through the neck, he kills that kid? It's the kid in the truck with his dad at the beginning. He, oh, he wants to that's go to, right. That kid. Okay, The kid mind. wants to go to dance class or something. Does he? He wants to go do something not manly, and the dad Got wants it. him to go play baseball or okay. something. But the, they're, but they're he does the, kill that kid. You're correct. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm still like five years old, but still hold up. Final thoughts? Uh, I believe it does for the most part. I um, I never really, like I said, I never really cared for much of the Halloween sequels after the original. <clears throat> I'd never really seen Halloween 2 in its entirety until maybe a year or two ago. Like, like literally, a, you should watch Halloween 2. Like, okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. There is that missing element of that you just don't, like, while Carpenter is there either as co-writer or producer there's still a difference if he's not behind the camera directing it's missing it. his wit it's missing his wit it's missing that style um only halloween three have i really kind of enjoyed in that what comes in and after um but i feel that david gordon green and his team were able to kind of recapture a fair amount of the magic that that made the original so good um, it's atmospheric and it's suspenseful with several callbacks and homages to the original, and it expands on the lore of Michael Myers without. Well, because it, without it, without giving his his background, it plays off. It plays off the fact that he's existed doing nothing for forty years, correct? And that they create their own backstory, yeah. that they can then reference, but they don't go overboard, correct? Yeah, yeah. and I, I think agree. it's still, and and I think it's expertly executed and a a worthy sequel to the original yeah yeah that's how i would look at i yeah five years later i think for the most part it holds up and i think that it works much better as a let's jump 40 years and this is what happened if michael got caught yeah and the deputy that existed that supposedly caught him still exists they're still in haddonfield and now he's the sheriff yeah you know what? Who I think you have to thank for that to a degree, uh, for jumping up forty years with Laurie Strode, and then, like I said, with the Terminator sequel, is who Ethan Hawke was in it, and they started shooting it around nine eleven or early two thousands, and it might be a Richard Linklater film called Boys or The Boy or something. It's about a family, and. They shot a little bit. You're talking about Boyhood? Boyhood. The one that they shot over 10 years and did. It, I thought it was over 20, but yeah. It was over a significant yeah. amount of time where it I stretches think, him all the way up to was where Was it Linklater? At. Yeah. I think you have him to thank largely for this sort of... I, I'm struggling to think of a third example of it uh, here in modern times, but... Okay. Um, of the latter-day sequel, bringing back, telling the same... Not redoing the story, telling... Like with Halloween, with Terminator. Right. Continuing the story with the actors much older, with different sensibilities in acting and, and filmmaking, and you don't have to de-age them or age them up or anything like that. It's just, it's nice, it's, as a fan of, of those movies and just creativity in that general sense of speaking, you care enough about this. Granted, you probably got paid a fuckload to do it, but you care enough about it over the money to come back to it. And give us another original yeah. story. 
I I think that's I think that's really cool. Just as a watching a movie, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be horror or action, sci-fi or whatever. Um. They a lot of the times they do the same thing where they take the gender roles and flip them, and it's noticeable. But it's like a necessary. This one not as not as initially noticeable, I was which I think that. they did a really good job. It wasn't I think they on did the a nose. Great job. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't on the nose, and that's what I liked about this one. Like the dad is more <laughs> one dimensional in this, yes, and then just gets killed. It sucks, yeah, because he's he's not a bad one dimensional. Correct, guy. but it, no, it was fun. Um, the mirroring of the scenes, reflecting um, of uh, which we would do with mirrors, right? Um, the nods to other sequels. Um, like I said, I liked it initially. It's a little, it doesn't hold up as well for me. But all that said, I still really like this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it'll hold up in another five or in another 40. But right now. I mean, I'll be honest with bad. you. If I'm going to sit down and watch another Halloween movie, a Michael Myers Halloween movie, and it ain't the first one, and it ain't the third one. Well, and the third one isn't really in Michael Myers one. Not it's really. It's going to be. It's probably going to be part four or five before I watch this one again. Okay. Because this one isn't as fun. Okay. This is a really good movie. Yeah. But it's not as fun. It's it's got it's it's got heavier real world tones to it. It's exploring. So some you're going to jump to late '80s trash. Yes. <laughs> got it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Shit garbage? Uh, I wouldn't call Halloween no, 4 I... shit garbage, but it is definitely late 80s horror. <laughs> uh, throw it in the blender and pour it into the mold and see what it looks like. Oh, it looks like a Halloween movie. Cool. It's a Halloween right. movie. Okay. Paint it this color. Um, I figured your favorite kill was going to be like the real jack-o'-lantern cop head with the... <laughs> with the... With... That wasn't bad. And the girl up underneath the bob sheet... Right, uh, that was a nice. That was a nice nod. little nod. That black kid cracks me up, dude. Julian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I was on a rant here. I, I, you were just talking about if you're going to no, jump what, to it, you're not going to. No, I'm reading what I wrote here, yeah. and I was on a rant that was just. I was trying to just write this out, and not. I don't agree with what I said there, so I'm not even going to say it. Well, okay then. The short version is I like I like a lot of Blumhouse. Even though I will say this, A24 is the only movie system that agreed to all the terms of the writer strike and the actor strike going on right now. Huh. So they're allowed to legally be making allowed to legally be making movies because they Oh, that's what you want? Okay. Cool. There you go. No one else has done that. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> Halloween and Halloween 2018. What are we doing next? Probably getting close to the home stretch here, aren't we? We have either two or three pairings left. What are those? We've discussed, and then you're like, I don't know if we want to do those or not, and so we'll, let's see. These are the pairings that we have left. Thief and Heat, which huh. you kind of went, oh, those are long. Those are long. And then it was Goodfellas and Casino, just as long. Just as long. And then Godfather and Godfather Part Two. It's just a lot of crime, long-winded <sighs> crime. And Unless you can think of something else you want to throw in there before we get to any of the other ones. 
I don't care. I would say next, why don't we do Godfather and Godfather 2? And then if we decide to not do anything after that, at least, <laughs> at least we've ended with the two greatest movies ever made. <laughs> All right. I could do that. I have no objections. Because that gives me a couple of months to get Superman and Batman edited. And I'm actually going to have to get this one done today after you leave. And you still got... Uh, don't forget matinee and inner space. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. I like the oh yeah. <laughs> the realization. Oh shit. Yeah. Those won't take long. I'm not. In case you guys haven't oh, noticed, shit. maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I'm not putting in. I'm not pouring over every detail of the editing <laughs> like I used to. To make it sound conversational and bad, I used to do a lot of it. <laughs> now it just sounds conversational and bad because I'm not editing out the bad parts. So, um. Is that you? That's me. Okay. Sorry. I thought the metronome had turned on. Um, I would say next gang, um, somewhere in the November neighborhood, I would say look for us to do uh, The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. Unless for some reason we feel inspired to do a couple of Scorsese movies first. You know what I would say we should do? I would say we should do a one more pick six of just random movies that we wanted to talk about instead of talking about them in the double feature pairing okay so a the pick six potpourri kind of thing again yeah isn't that what we called it or you believe, called it i or, believe so or that's what it came to be when we were discussing yeah it? yeah i would be okay with that a potpourri a potpourri perhaps doing that in november and then ending around the first of the year with the godfather all right okay. i think that would be going to hurt to not talk about Goodfellas or Casino? We're uh, going to talk about Goodfellas and Casino, I'll bet, in our potpourri episode. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also going to talk about Heat and Thief and then a couple other movies as well. Uh, Potentially. Uh, and yeah. it might be a little bit longer form pick six, but it'll, right. be, it'll be a way to knock out several movies that we wanted to talk about without... Uh, Talking about them? Without having to go through the trouble of <laughs> spending a Sunday afternoon editing for the seven of you that listen to this to listen to this. <laughs> So, gang, um, interesting. I would say next, look for that potpourri episode around your Thanksgiving. That makes perfect sense around Thanksgiving. Yeah. A nice little uh, charcuterie board of <laughs> a shark hooterie. Yeah. Shark boobs. Shark boobs board. In the meantime, gang, we hope you have a safe and happy Halloween. But in the meantime, stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The night he came home.